0: You're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we have Yes by the Pet Shop Boys.
1: This is the first, isn't it? It's the first return for a group that we've already covered.
0: Yes, we did have um, the double bill of share, but we did that in two consecutive weeks. It was a, a strategic plan. And this is very much as coming back to someone
1: again. No planning whatsoever. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is actually, because this is six months, isn't it? Since we've been um, working together professionally. Yes,
0: our relationship has blossomed professionally. 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 Yeah, six months of Track by Track and ha- I can't even count how many episodes there are out there now. Um,
1: 30... 30. This is episode 32, oh. actually, I think you'll find. Good that one of us is on the ball. Uh, and I, it just felt very right that we always said we wanted to come back and talk about the Pet Shop Boys further, and it felt very appropriate that we did it coming up on our six month well anniversary.
0: Absolutely, because as luck would have it, and I don't know if you know Will, but I do like an anniversary. You uh, do, and
1: there's also another reason why we're talking about yes this week. The, this album turns ten this week. No. Yes. No. <laughs> it does feel like one
0: of their newer albums, doesn't it?
1: It does. And I think we've we've done the kind of mock outrage I can't believe how old this album is. But genuinely, this album only feels like it came out a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah. And it is hard. To, I think for some bands who've been going for as long as Pet Shop Boys, between this and today, they might have only released one other album. But of course, from Pet Shop Boys, we've had four, three other studio albums since this. We had uh, Elysium, Electric and Super and potentially another one coming this uh, uh, coming this year.
1: And I think we'd be remiss, not not for now, but not to touch on uh, agenda. Of course, yeah. Um, in our conversation today. So just want to put that on your agenda. Right, I'll, I'll make a mental note. Uh, Because we didn't have a conference call this week, I know. We've both been very busy. Sadly, I was out of the country. Uh, There's another reason why... uh, So we've got our six-month anniversary. We've got the 10-year anniversary of this album. Um, And I guess the icing on the cake is... Not that I've seen a cake yet, actually.
0: Well, I provided the fizz, the bubbles, when we had... Oh, uh, Christmas episodes! I was hoping you might have something.
1: It was a while ago now. Well, um, I've, I don't, don't forget. Don't, no. <laughs> like an elephant. Uh, the icing on the cake is this album is produced by Brian Higgins and Zenomania. It's, it's all come full
0: circle. Is this, this our last hurrah?
1: This is it. This is it. Yes, the rumours are true. And also that's probably the 10th time I've made that joke, (laughs) or you've made that joke whilst we've been doing these podcasts. Of course, a reference to Take That's press conference, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, absolutely. Uh, So this was released on the 18th of March, 2009, and it was the Pet Shop Boys' 10th studio album. But obviously we're not assuming anything on this podcast. You might not know who the Pet Shop Boys are. Can you imagine? Why are you listening to this podcast if you don't know who the Pet Shop Boys are? Uh, so the Pet Shop Boys are, are a pop duo formed and got together in 1981. It's Neil Tennant and Chris Lowe. What a pair. <laughs>
0: you said that before.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, a, an absolute iconic music duo. We've Not only did we kick off the whole track by track with their album uh, Super, and the entire track by track was influenced by Pet Shop Boys doing their track by track run-throughs of their albums, but I think we've referenced them quite a few times as well through through the uh, episodes.
1: And a, a colleague uh, at my other job today, not a dog, <laughs> not a collie, a colleague. <laughs> um, when I said what we were doing this evening, he asked me what my favourite Pet Shop Boys album was. And you know what? I was so flummoxed that it, I just I, I was just I was so thrown by it because I just I find that question so difficult. Yes. That's not my answer. (laughs) This album is called Yes. I was simply agreeing with your statement. Pet Shop Boys have done phenomenally in their career. Um, They've sold more than 100 million records worldwide. This was their 10th studio album. They're still going now. We've had an EP this year, uh, which is divided opinion, actually. Mm. Uh, And we've got, with the promise of more new music to come this year.
0: it's never being boring is it being a petrol boys fan
1: no what a wonderful play on words there by me (laughs) thank you me so so you say yourself Hmm. that's lovely and we've got lots to talk about today um i just know it so shall we get stuck in to track one let's so side one track one this is love etc (laughs)
0: was love etc and first things first what a title i really like that title
1: i, I I've, I've noticed you over the weeks you love a unique title yes isn't an obvious song title that's right and this
0: is is very patch boys it's quite um almost sarcastic and it's sort of it's just love etc i'm rolling my eyes by the way when i'm saying that less about the title what about that song how is that for you
1: it's a cracking start to the album uh, and it's you could almost tick off the things you love about the Pet Shop Boys in that song. You've got a nice, a kind of low key start with Neil's wonderful, haunting, almost vocals. The the very grandiose um, build up towards the, and into the chorus as well, with some chanting and some call and response going on there as well. And lyrics that could only be from the minds of both the Pet Shop Boys and the gang. Um, at Zenomania, The old gang. The old gang. I mean, they're all there on this track. So um, all of the tracks on the album, all 11 tracks on the album were written by the boys. Plus there were three tracks um, that um, Brian Higgins, Miranda Cooper and Tim Powell um, also contribute to and this was one of them.
0: The songwriting they contributed yes. to, yes.
1: But I think you're absolutely right.
0: It Likewise, I love how it builds to that sort of chanting the chorus but I love how the synths are what make it very light at the beginning and it's the synths that make it very heavy later on and bring in that real kind of really heavy beat actually, isn't there? And really heavy bass to it.
1: There's also um there's a Pet Shop Boys remix of this, which is almost a sort of deeper house to it.
0: Like inception, isn't it? Pet Shop Boys remixing Pet Shop Boys. It's true. C'est
1: vrai. And Sorry, my French, French again. again. I'm no uh, I said to you I you did make me promise I wouldn't do that again. <laughs> It's it's
0: merda. But I have to say, listening to this, listen to how successful these sessions were with those two music giants of Pet Shop Boys and Xenomania, really makes me wonder how those New Order sessions were. Oh, you just can't let go of that. I'd rather not. I, so surely one day we're gonna we're gonna hear those some snippets of what
2: happened
1: in the studio, and of course with Franz Ferdinand as well when you say what happened in the studio i'd imagine there was some like catastrophe or some a major indiscretion i think someone knocked chris lowe's hat off or something or yeah miranda cooper got pissed up yeah. um on red wine one lunchtime and came back into the studio and uh, knocked the cone off his head
0: brian awkwardly fell onto the traffic cone maybe
1: <laughs> why a slip up call nine one one. not the boy band uh, what, what happened? When
0: are we featuring them, actually?
1: Uh, well, we're still taking your requests, listeners, for Ship Boy Band Month. We've already had <laughs> a couple through, um, which we're totally uh, on board with. Thank you very much.
0: This, of course, Love Etc. was not only the opener of the album, this was the first track released, wasn't it, from this new project from the band.
1: Uh, just, I just want to call out someone else who was on um, some production duty on this track. Uh, I don't know if the name Fred Falk means anything to you. I did think he was going to say Fred Flintstone (laughs) at first. I don't know if the name Fred Flintstone means anything to you.
0: A lot, actually. Uh,
1: Fred Falk is a music producer, remixer, um, and creator in in his own right. Uh, Also, just to point out, we talked about Frank Music a couple of weeks ago. Yes. And he uh, did remix this song as well as the Pet Shop Boys doing a remix.
0: I have a feeling that name's going to... So it's continue to pop up now, now we've now we've opened that can of worms.
1: I just think also it's just a real great indicator of how regardless of the years going by, how clued in the Pet Shop Boys stay to what's popular, who's popular. Yes. They always seem to tap into whether they're collaborating or remixing for someone or having people work for them or remix for them, they seem to get get it bang on and again when this album came out um, Frank Music was, was was on the scene mm. should we move on to the next song yes and so many great tracks to talk about today and this is another one of them it's track number two All Over The World
2: I hear it all around me every day have the music that you play
1: That was all over the world. Um, Dan, I'm just going to dive straight in and keep talking. So this, uh, for me, is when the Xenomania production, you can really feel it in this song.
0: Okay. Yeah, r- chunky. Chunky. Chunky production, isn't it? What I absolutely love from it is that uh, Tchaikovsky... Oh, my God, I can't say it now. Tchaikov- oh, God. What am I trying to say?
1: I don't know. What Tchaikovsky.
0: Tra- Tchaikovsky. I said Tchaikovsky. It. Tchaikovsky sample. Who but the Pet Shop Boys could bring a Tchaikovsky, like I said again, sample into a Xenomania-produced song? That is a work of art in itself. And also, probably the last time we'll mention that particular composer. This track, um, the marching beat to it as well. Very Pet Shop Boys. Yes, they do like a marching beat in Go West. And you could even maybe hear it in um, Love is a Bourgeois Construct, perhaps. Mm. They do like that. This song for me was one of my favourites from this album for a very long time. When I first, when I first got this, I remember I got I got it on a CD, and actually just, just had a kind of just went back to that time just then. What was great about this album for me was that it wasn't actually the first album of theirs I bought. It was I'm pretty sure it was the second I bought the one before this fundamental because um, uh, by that point I just realised that I loved 80s bands and I particularly loved 80s bands who were still releasing music so Depeche Mode and Aha and things like that
1: you kept that quiet <laughs>
0: <laughs> but with this it was the second time I'd bought the album so it was almost like confirmation that yes I do love Pet Boys yes they are still releasing amazing music and yes this album is called Yes which is great um, yes yes so so this was the second album There's a I bought I bought it on CD probably from ASDA, 9.99 and I love this one because it's so, in a way, it's so simple, but it's so fantastic. The lyrics as well, some of probably more simple lyrics. This is a song for boys and girls. You hear it playing all over the world. It's a bit like Spice Up Your Life, isn't it? Oh, what a lovely comparison. Yeah. It's colors of the world, Spice Up Your Life. Every boy and every girl, Spice Up Your Life. Um, and I just think sometimes you can probably, I'm sure there are lyricists out there who spend hours just to get the line right. And it feels like this was just a very natural, whimsical, very positive message. Something else I want to mention as well. There is a fantastic version of this on the Christmas EP which followed this album. Are you aware of this one?
1: Yes, yes.
0: Where it really embraces the the Tchaikovsky bit actually, doesn't it? It makes it much more classical. And I did read that this song was supposed to be the second single but that the
1: plans were changed. But for now, should we move on to track three?
0: Yes, please. So this is Oh, a song about me and my friends. I'm sure there'll be one about you later. This is Beautiful People.
1: that was Beautiful People. Dan, what do you think of that track? I have to say,
0: not a favourite. I think what's great about that is you can definitely still feel the Xenomania influence on it. Because they have done some sort of much more 60s sounding things, haven't they? Like The Promise by Girls Aloud. And it does feel very 60s, doesn't it, this song? Yes. It's very... Particularly
1: with the drums and the guitar.
0: The guitar uh, and the harmonica, both of which by Johnny Marr. Uh, of the Smiths who they've worked with a few times, and I really do love that working relationship. When I think about this one, you know, it's good at conjuring up an image, I think, of sort of like Burt Bacharach and a Cadillac. Oh, that rhymes, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like uh, Chumba Wumba. Burt Bacharach in a Cadillac. In terms of kind of the momentum of the first two songs, yeah, for me, it's just
1: not quite there. For me, it's a fantastic time to talk about the album artwork. So soon. Um, But... I love this album artwork. Yes. I think it's a brilliant design. Designed by Mark Farrow. Um, it's 11 different coloured squares uh, inspired by the German artist Gerhard Richter. Uh, and it's a work I would happily have this on a wall somewhere. And I did. Yes, remember? I remember seeing it in your toilet. No, you're mistaken, I'm afraid.
0: <laughs> um, so I've got those incredible you, you might have seen them on Facebook adverts the record um, frames where you can just pop them open and change them and also pop them open and still play the album the other ones you can get from Tiger two for a tenor are great but it does mean that you are stuck without the album for a while but yes when I moved into the new flat we put the frames up and one of the first albums
1: I put on the wall was yes by Petro Boys yes brilliant brilliant artwork simple but really like a lot of Petra Boys album covers actually yeah really simple concepts but a fantastic design brilliantly executed uh, I do have one thing to say about this track. Oh. It's uh on backing vocals you've got um uh a young man called Alex Gardner. I don't know if that name means anything to you, Dan. It doesn't, I'll be quite honest. So he was um he was part of the Xenomania Collective and was actually a uh an artist in his, briefly an artist in his own right. Um he actually released two singles himself. Um under the, the tutorship and the support of um, the Zenomania label at the time, I'm Not Mad and Feeling Fine. Um, we're not going to play them now, but do listen to them because if you're a fan of the production techniques and styles of Zenomania, they're all singing or dancing on those two uh, tracks. One of the collaborators on I mean, this album, and I love how collaborative this album is, um,
0: Owen Pallet does the strings for this track and track 11 actually, which I shan't give the title away yet. Uh, Owen Pallet ha- has done a lot of work with Arcade Fire. He also did some of the work on Duran Duran's All You Need Is Now album, particularly on, if you haven't heard it before, the the song The Man Who Stole A Leopard with Khalees is an absolute masterpiece. one of your favourites, yeah. Honestly, one of my favourite Duran Duran songs of all time, which is... You know it's only from uh two albums ago but it's, it's it's fantastic
1: let's move on track number four now and this is did you see me coming
2: <laughs>
0: Really like on this song, the wordplay of the lyrics. You don't have to be what's what to know who's who and things like that.
1: Oh, I was going to mention that lyric. Oh well, you didn't. I got there first. It's it's isn't uh, it? You don't have to be in who's who to know
0: what's what. Well, potato potato. <laughs> it's
1: it's absolutely quintessentially Neil Tennant, isn't it? And it's uh, this was the second single released from this album. Got to number twenty-one. In the singles chart, also notable, a couple of cracking B-sides on this on this one. Tell us more. Um, you've got the former "Enfant Terrible." Sorry about the French again, <laughs> um, but in part, uh, and up and down, which are brilliant, and also another Pet Shop Boys remix of this track.
0: If I'm not mistaken, because I seem to remember buying it from iTunes, the Brit Awards
1: medley. You're quite right. Yes. And we've mentioned that in previous weeks about that as a, I think we were talking about in the the Brits week when we did the preview to the um, best album nominees. I referenced that as one of my favourite Brits moments.
0: Yes, definitely. Not many bands really do a. Uh, you used to get from Steps and people like that probably didn't you a mega mix every so often on a on a B side or on an album or something, but um, you don't really seem to get many mega mixes anymore.
1: Uh, and what one of the many things I respect and admire in the Pet Shop Boys is they never shortchange you when they release a single they will always they will always um, provide a great suite of remixes um, and B-sides and actually if you listen to the Further Listening which kind of pulls all of that together there are often some B-sides which are potentially depending on your opinion and in my opinion up there with a lot of the album tracks yeah definitely track number five now Vulnerable.
2: You may think I'm strong and I
0: Time to talk about the wonderful album artwork.
1: No, we've done that. We've done that. I quite like this track. I love. It's a very delicate song. Hmm. Well, vulnerable. It's called vulnerable. So you know, it is what it it is. What it says it is. It works. I will mention, however, at this point, um, the reception for this album. That's a great idea. And it was broadly very well received. It got to number four in the UK album charts. Um, and I have to say it was the reviews were mixed um, with quite a few kind of average to quite good reviews, if I look yes. at what um, the Guardian and the independent thought of it. however, um, the enemy were very impressed and it got a solid eight out of ten from them.
0: and I do believe it was them giving that review that actually began the end of enemy really. No, that's a lie.
1: Oh, you do lead me up the garden path
0: these days. Taking it back to the tracks for a minute, this, for me, is one that, you know, in all honesty, it probably is my least favourite track on the album. This Is
1: where you would choose to talk about the album artwork? Yes,
0: I think it would be, because although Beautiful People is a bit more subdued and unexpected, I quite like that it's in a very different style. I think that makes it interesting. This one, I think could quite easily have featured on the Elysium album. It's got kind of a little bit lounge sounding, isn't it? Um, I love when tracks are described as being lounge, that sounding. It's almost uh, like you have to be lounging on the sofa to be listening to that track or to enjoy
1: it. For me, lounge track, when someone refers to a track as a lounge track, it's something to fall asleep to.
0: Yes, pretty much. And so yes, this is definitely a lounge track. Um,
1: but yeah, not, not, not quite my favourite. So let's wake up. And smell track number six. More than a dream. both in agreement actually that that's our favorite track on the album 100 yes and what what does it for you
0: well do you know being completely honest and and taking this right back to the start of track by track and the origins origins of track by track it wasn't until listening to neil and chris talking to david Tennant on the david (laughs) the former doctor who (laughs) (laughs) it's the whole Tennant thing it throws me off and they talked about this when they talked about this song and how they created it and how much they loved it, kind of opened my eyes a little bit. I think I'd always treated it a bit like a, just a sort of standard album track. And I put it back on and it's just, I think this song goes so many places. Love Etc. is a fantastic song, but it it all pretty much sounds like that same song. This has got so many different sections to it. So the verse that begins is quite kind of, quite, it's definitely a, Almost like a Euro pop song, but it's quite subdued, it's quite woozy. Then there's robotic chants come in. Then suddenly the chorus kind of like drops a new level. Um, and then there's some funk guitar in there later on as well. It's just so much happening in this song. Uh, what, what is it about it for you?
1: Um, for me, it's the pinnacle of that collaboration between the Petro Boys and Zeni it, it, it at both times, or at the same time, sounds like a brilliant Petro Boys song, and a brilliantly produced Xenomania song. It's got the hallmarks of both, and I think it's where they come together. This is the second of the three tracks that's written by the Pet Shop Boys and the Xenomania girls. Yes. Oh.
0: <laughs> I have to say as well, this song, I feel, could have been a Girls Aloud song, and obviously Pet Shop Boys did write a Girls Aloud song with Xenomania, didn't they? As we've referenced before.
1: Yes, yes, definitely, but I think we'll come on to that later. And no, I don't think so. I, don't think I think it's on the album. A brilliant and a, and just the the biggest thing ever, which is the overriding mission of this podcast, is to talk about great pop music. A brilliant pop song.
0: Fantastic. I think if we were to write a list of our top twenty songs that we've covered so far, or top ten songs even, I feel like this this track would be on there.
1: And it's not often we agree on obviously We, sh- we share. <laughs> it's <not> often, we, <laughs> often we share a lot of opinions on on music but it's very often that we both agree when we're listening to an album on our favourite track.
0: No, and in fact, I can't remember the last time it happened, so it is, just shows, as two big Pet Shop Boys and Xenomania uh, fans, it just shows what how incredible this song is.
1: Track number seven now, and um, I think we, we could send this song to America right now um, because it's very appropriate. It is, yes. King of Rome. No, it's not. It's
0: building
2: a model. i know.
1: fade-out on that track starts a bit too early. Interesting. So it's a long fade-out, and we're, we're very opinionated about outros. I don't think that's right.
0: Mm, would you have liked... Do you like a fade-out in general,
1: or do you like a sudden stop? I like a good outro. I like you to know the song's coming to an end without it gradually getting quieter. Yeah. And with that, there's a good 30 seconds on that track as it starts to get gradually quieter. You're
0: absolutely right there, and, and I don't think i picked up on it before, so thank you for bringing that to my attention. Oh, you're very welcome. Hmm. Any other comments on the song or are you just uh, gonna it's slide fun, off the outro? What a
1: fun song.
0: It's okay. definitely an album track. Yes, it is. But I do really like on this one, it's one of the ones, obviously the Pet Shop Boys are a synth pop, synth heavy, Cynthia sounding band. Then some I've heard. She's back. She's back. Cynthia sounds. For me, this is the one where I really pick up on the individual sequences that Chris is playing around with, I think. Um, and I feel like they're almost a little bit Juxtaposed to use that Ooh. word again, to the to the lyrics and what and, and the way that Neil's singing actually. Do we think he's being political?
1: Of course, he's being political. Well, that was a that was a uh, what's, what's the kind of um, rhetorical question. I think it's a good time to talk about agenda, actually, um, which is definitely political. Probably the most obviously, it's only an EP, but probably the most
0: political collection so far. I really
1: enjoyed it, actually. And not just in a I was hungry for new Pet Shop Boys songs and that came along. For the two tracks in particular, I absolutely loved. uh, On social media, and what are we going to do about The Rich?
0: What I really like about The Forgotten Child is it begins like a very, again, subdued, quiet, ballad-like moment from them. But then it just comes in with those electronics later on and it makes me think of, uh, this is probably... When when they write um, a, a ballet or a show, as they have done before, this is probably what it feels like, the combination of, of the arts, the high arts and, and Pet Shop Boys.
1: It did get some criticism, I think, around, there's a lot of suggestion around how do two men in their 60s, or however old they are now, how do they really know what's going on in the world of social media? That's I
0: saw criticism of that one and um I think it was about how they don't have their own social media accounts. Yes. So.
1: Yeah, that was it.
0: Um and yeah, so I suppose quite right, really. Still enjoyed the music? I did enjoy it, but it did it was very much an E P very much a standalone, very much a I'm hoping for something else from the album that's coming out with Stuart Price. I do uh, like not Stuart Price. No, it is Stuart
1: Price. It is Stuart Price. It? I do like the way although that E P was produced by Tim Powell, who was former Xenomania member. Yeah. And you can, you can hear a little bit of that in it, uh, which is great. But I does feel like it's great that they're kind of getting that out there now. Great to get some new music. Also, maybe they, they get that off their chest before we really get in deep into a new album. Yes. Hopefully this year. Track number eight now. This is King of Rome. The So that was King of Rome. A slower moment, a rare slow moment for this album.
0: Definitely. And again, I feel when it started, I felt, oh, this is another Elysium-like one. I I don't don't remember thinking that before. And then I realised that as the song gets into itself, I feel like actually it's a little bit more dramatic than Elysium tracks. Not dramatic in a kind of big bombastic way, but it almost feels like if it, it could be in a musical and it could be a sort of a solo piece. I think we mentioned before about how Neil Tennant writes and how a lot of songwriters write actually, they either write from the perspective of someone or they write about something generally. This feels very much like the perspective of someone. And lyrically, I really like some of the, some of the lines or if you look at the chorus, and if I were the King of Rome, I couldn't be more tragic. I faked to roam so far from home in search
1: of my lost magic. So we're on to track number nine now and this is like a quintessentially Pet Shop Boys title for a song.
2: Pandemonium. time <laughs> we
0: Now we both agreed that More Than Dream was our favourite song. I think this is my second favourite song. Me too. Really? Yeah. I can't believe this. We've got to get married now.
1: Uh, uh, Let's quickly draw a veil over there. (laughs) Not not a... Wedding veil. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love this as well. Um, Is that a harmonica I can hear in there?
0: It's got old Johnny Marr again. Back on the harmonica. I've always felt that harmonica was a little bit weird in that song. I think it could have... I don't know. I I always felt like it just... It didn't stand out massively, but, um, yeah, I'm not... I think it could have been something else. could have been something It's
1: Cynthia. Again. There she is. (laughs) Uh, Also, Pandemonium was also taken as the name for the release of the CD-DVD of the World Tour that was done as part of this campaign.
0: Yes, and... So it was that tour, um, when I saw them at Glastonbury, they were kind of as part of that tour. And also I saw them opening for Take That's Progress tour as part of this tour as well. They had the same old sets and things. Take That should be opening for them, not the other way around. Well, I think that's, um, I think that's a bigger discussion. Now, I do remember hearing somewhere that this song was either written for Kylie or was written with Kylie in mind. I really? Think it, I think I might have heard it on the on the track by track on Spotify, which we we are also on Spotify. Do check us out. But yeah, something about that rings a bell. Would you think would it have worked as a Kylie song? I'm not sure. Hmm.
1: I think it sounds it's great as a Shop Boy song, and the name Pandemonium lends itself very well to something that they would um they would perform. But Kylie, I'm not so sure.
0: But yeah, this song I love the, the, the thumping uh, bass that's going through this on the beat is fantastic um, and just as it starts almost it, it builds itself up with these woos I'm not going to try and replicate them maybe you will no, no it okay. always gets laughed at almost sounds like you know almost like a game show
1: or something I don't know it just it just elevates itself so moving on now track number 10 The Way It Used To Be
2: What's
1: that was the way it used to be. I love that one as well.
0: I do. And only in us going back to this album for this episode have I realised how much this, it's almost like this
1: one for me has been 10 years in the making because it always passed me by somehow. Perhaps I've matured. The Pet Shop Boys and Zenomania both independently have a great track record for producing happy, sad, dance, pop songs. Yeah. Which um, is
0: your favourite genre. If there was a genre for you, that would be your genre, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. there, is, there is that genre.
1: Yes, melancholic pop songs. No, because it's more dance songs, pop dance pop songs that are happy and sad at the same time. Yes. And that's a classic example of that for me. Yeah.
0: A little bit like um, The Loving Kind by Girls Aloud.
1: Yes. <laughs> but we'll come on to that later.
0: Well, I don't think we will. It's not on the track list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just it's different with this song for me. A, what I would say is, another catchphrase of ours, it does feel very much like an album track, but in the best possible way. It's like, it's our little secret. Not not everyone who's got the greatest hits will have this song.
1: And I'm sure they wouldn't mind me saying this, but there's definitely the production and the music behind the vocals really make that song. They might mind you saying that, because it's almost like you're giving all the
0: praise to Zenomania, not Petro Boys.
1: No, it's a partnership, but I think the production behind the, the vocals mm. make it what it is right. in this instance uh, so this is track number 11 and it is Legacy
2: high speed trains take us away north
0: Legacy. There, I love that use of that word. Legacy. Is this the Pet Shop Boys' legacy? Was that song the Pet Shop Boys' legacy? What do you think?
1: I think this was this album was to leave the Pet Shop Boys there, and that was it. Mm. How would I feel about that? I'd feel quite happy with that, actually. Yeah, and I'm very thankful for what's come to pass since then. But actually, if legacy was the last ever Pet Shop Boys song you were to hear. Mm. like sequ- sequentially, yeah. anyway, I think this album stands up as some as some great work for them. Yeah. I'd love to know more detail around just the whole process of recording and producing with Xenomania who are traditionally very different approach, have a very different approach to production. I think Legacy itself is a track. I love how majestic, almost regal yes. it is. Definitely.
0: I forgot until probably actually, although I've been listening to this album... Uh, in the week ahead of this recording, taking the tracks and separating them track by track if you will i hadn 't realized how many starker uh, more low tempo numbers there are and this is certainly one of them, but it also like you said it's it's it 's quite grandiose it feels like again, I mentioned before that they 've written musicals and things like that this feels like it could be a musical song also feels a bit like it could be on a sci-fi soundtrack or something I can imagine this song going ahead War of the Worlds yes something like or I'm thinking like a a, a spaceship taking off for the moon and it's just various different scenes showing what the people
1: are going through something like that it's very it's dramatic so we're at the end now we're not going to be talking about the remix commentary or the medley sadly um, as part of Yes, and it's a original production studio album, but we have got some further listening, and I think we can be very pure with our further listening because we definitely want to limit it ourselves to this album campaign, this out, al- this era with the Pet Shop Boys, because I think it's safe to say we listeners, you have been warned, we will be coming back to the Pet Shop Boys again in the future. Next week, <laughs> not next week. So Dan. I'd love it if you gave me the opportunity to go first this week. Right, right. Well, off you go then. So, we're within within we're within this campaign. I think the beauty of the Pet Shop Boys is they will give to you on the plate their further listening from this era. So the remixes, the B sides, the the forgotten tracks, the demos. So we've got a very rich catalogue to select our choices from. And I have to say, we've been alluding to it through this podcast, but I'm going to share the Pet Shop Boys' um, original version of The Loving Kind, which was um, recorded and released as a single by Girls Aloud. gave me greater pleasure when I heard about this when it was originally released by Girls Aloud mm. to hear the Pet Shop Boys had written a track for Girls Aloud and Xenomania had produced it that doesn't get much better for me than that
0: I'm trying to think of something that could happen for you that that would top that and I'm, I'm, I'm struggling yeah I mean because I was going to say maybe Stuart Price and Pet Shop Boys but
1: we've had that we've had that yeah in bucket loads yes too much of anything actually And more to come. Uh, So it was a really nice nugget to hear what that sounded like. I think the production-wise is very similar, but with Neil Tennant's vocals um, in the mix there. Yeah. For me, um, it is fantastic to hear
0: this version. I do much prefer the Girls Aloud version. I think it's just suited to that female vocal. If the Pet Shop Boys one was going to be on the Yes album, it would be one of the moments i said that was a little bit subdued. Mm. Uh, But as a Girls Aloud song, it's a little bit more upbeat, more of a heavy beat to it. And, of course, you've got that wonderful note from Sarah Harding as seen on GMTV as well.
1: (laughs) Um, We've mentioned that before. Uh, Do look it up on YouTube, please. Something else. So, Dan, what have you got? So, I was really,
0: really tempted to pick It Doesn't Often Snow at Christmas, just to kind of throw a curveball in there but I think I'll I, I make a promise I'll definitely play that song around Christmas time this year listeners so I'm going to pick a track they did with Phil Oakley I knew you were going to go with this one uh, of course from the Human League for those who don't know so this one is This Used to Be the Future
2: I can
1: that track, isn't it? Yes, it is. I love
0: how it just sounds... When it first starts, it feels very much like Phil Oakley featuring on a Pet Shop Boys song. And then when it does go to that sort of breakdown and yeah, a little bit more technical... I can't say either. A little bit more techno, it does feel like Neil Tennant is featuring on a Human League song. He really owned that track, as they'd say, on The X Factor. Yes. You do remind me of Louis Walsh sometimes, actually. Um... <laughs> But yeah, uh, I think it's a fantastic. They've done some wonderful collaborations over the time. And this, with Human League being a, a, a favourite band of mine, um, it was fantastic to hear. What's your thoughts on this song?
1: It's not one of my favourite tracks, but I think it's one of those great ones that's come out in the mix of a collaboration that you maybe never thought you'd hear. Yeah. Petrol Boys and Elements of the Human League together. And the fact we're getting that in 2017 or getting that again in 2017 is is great and if you think about you know what we've had on this album is an album that's been produced by or what was at the time one of the producers of the moment and then you've had further listening tracks one of which was a song they wrote for the girl band of the time this is a massive throwback yeah which just gives you a great example of the Petra Boys reach and impact
0: definitely we'll definitely come on to talk about Human League a bit more in the future will not we? Definitely, and for me, I kind of I'm not sure where to go with it because I love the real classic stuff from Dare, but I really loved their last album Credo as well, which was released quite a long time ago now. Whereabouts are we going to go with Human League? Where would you like us to go? Let us know. Do let us know and let us know what you think to this episode as well at Move to Trash UK on Twitter and Instagram and all sorts of other social media things. Hashtag track by track.
1: And Dan Torn Stubbs is back in action again now as well, I've noticed. And yeah. heard, obviously. Yeah. We listen.
0: <laughs> what was your favourite
1: bit? Um when Rob made a bitchy comment and Joshua said something very knowledgeable about films.
0: Well, yes, they're back and they're well into series two of the Trash Movie Podcast. And it's funny that you should bring them up actually because perhaps we might have a special guest on next week's podcast.
1: Yes, so next week's podcast, there will be a special guest on next week's podcast. Confirmed. Who will it be? Um, well, if you enjoyed our Scissor Sisters chat, which a lot of you really did, uh, thank you for that. Um, you're probably going to enjoy next week. Who are we talking about next week? Well, I'll give a hint of a tease. It's I'm not like the Scissor Sisters again, obviously. It's not the Scissor Sisters, but it is another
0: party band from the US. one, Wumba. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, from the US, uh, made up of boys and girls. These have been going for since the 70s. This is their most recent album.
1: To say anything more would be to give it away, but um, I hope you've enjoyed our six month anniversary. Um, and as for returning to talk about
0: the Pet Shop Boys, don't forget to subscribe and rate and comment on Apple Podcasts you can find us at all sorts of other places which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk but until next time I've been Miranda Cooper and I've been Brian Higgins goodbye
1: goodbye